Welcome to the God and Your Business podcast. I'm Dr. Una, your host, a Jesus lover and serial entrepreneur. Each week, we will unlock timeless secrets for business success from the Bible. Regardless of your faith, I invite you to join me on this journey with the only thing you'll need, a healthy dose of curiosity. And now for the episode. Well, hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the God and Your Business podcast. For the last few weeks, we have been looking at the concept of social wealth, right? So there's financial wealth, which is important, but there's also social wealth, which I argued is even more valuable than financial wealth because there are many doors that money may never be able to open that relationships will open. Okay. So if you've missed the last few weeks on it, I want you to, you know, you can listen to this one, but definitely go back and listen to the, the other two, because there's seven of these different dimensions of social wealth. Okay. And so today we're going to be looking at a group of people I call divine connectors. Okay. Divine connectors, you need these people, okay? They will make such a, a difference in your life. And these are people who they don't have the power to get you a specific result. They don't have the power to sign off on something that will make a big difference in your life. They are not the powerful people, but they can connect you to those people. And so what makes these people particularly dangerous, like quote unquote, they're not bad people, but dangerous is that it's so easy to ignore them because they're not powerful. They may not be powerful on their own. They may not even be people who maybe even earn as much as you or as are as educated as you. Like if you just look in the natural, or if you're if you're the kind of person that you haven't learned to start putting a lot of value on people, you won't realize that this person may not be the person, but they might as well be because they're the people who have access to the people that you need, right? And so I'm going to read a story about one of, you know, like an example of a divine connector. And so the background of it is this. So Joseph, Joseph, he had a dream that he was going to be the ruler and his parents and his siblings were all going to bow to him and all of that didn't quite play out the way he thought he would because his brothers got so angry and were jealous of him. And so they tried to kill him, decided against it, and they sold him as a slave to Egypt. Now in Egypt, he started off in Potiphar's house. And when he got to Potiphar's house, the Bible says that God was with him, caused him to prosper in everything he did. And so Potiphar was like, man, I'm being blessed because of this guy. And he just put him as his second in command. And it seemed like he was on the up and up until Potiphar's wife decided that she really liked him and, you know, tried to sleep with him and all of that. And so he said, I can't do that. I can't sin against God and do that. And so because of that, you know, she set him up. She said, he tried to rape me. And Potiphar, of course, is his wife, felt so dishonored and slighted. And so he had him thrown in prison and not just any regular prison, the prison where where they keep the king's prisoners. And so I like to talk about that as supermax. You know what I mean? It's that kind of prison. And then after that, while he was in the prison, the Bible says that God was with him and he caused him to prosper, right? Which, you know, it's total sidebar, but the blessing of God is so powerful that even in the midst of adverse circumstances, it can be seen. Like, how are you in a prison and God prospers you so much that the 
the chief guard is like, oh, well, we'll just put you in charge of the prison. Like, how do you put a prisoner in charge of the prison? But anyway, so he's there. And then one day, two men looked really sad. And they were the king's cupbearer and the king's butler. And Joseph is like, what's going on? Why are you guys so sad? And you're like, we had this dream. We can't interpret it. You know, and and while they were talking about what well, Joseph was like, well, interpretation belongs to God. You know, tell me the dream. I'll interpret it. And so he gave them the interpretation. The butler was going to die. The cupbearer was going to live and be restored to his position as the king's cupbearer. And the very next day, I think it was, the, you know, that's exactly what happened. Joseph understood divine connectors because he said to the cupbearer, like, when you're restored, please remember me. Okay. But the guy did what people do. He forgot. Okay. So he forgot. And then Pharaoh has a dream. And so Pharaoh has a dream. And the next morning, he, you know, he, he came and he talked to his people. He was disturbed by the dream. So he called all the magicians and the wise men of Egypt. And they couldn't tell him what they meant. Then, then this happened. Okay, so I'm going to read this. So this is Genesis chapter 40, 41, and I'm going to read from verse 9. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So it says, finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today, I've been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago, you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night, the chief baker and I had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man with us in the prison who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant, and everything happened just as he had predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. After he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh went on to tell him his dream. And he interpreted the dream, and then he became the second command in Egypt. Did he have access to Pharaoh? No. Did he have access to a divine connector who had access to Pharaoh? Yes. So we have access to divine connectors. And these people have the ability to make huge differences in our lives. Now, another example of that, or an example that almost happened would be Elijah. And, you know, there's a widow who lived on a path that he would always take. And then the widow is like, told her husband, I perceive this is a man of God. We should build him we should build him a house. And, you know, so they they built him, you know, they built a room and all that stuff and, and gave him his own space. And so every time he came, he could go in there and sleep, rest, and then continue on his journey. And then after she built the room for him, Elijah sent for her and he said, what would you like for me to do? Would you like me to introduce you to the king or to the con- commander of the army? So again, he was a divine connector. Was he the king? No. Was he the commander of the army? No. Did the woman have access to the king and the commander of the army? No. But he could connect them, right? And I say all this to say, and I'm not saying you despise people, right? It's just to get a higher sense of value for people because you never know. They may not look like what you're looking for or what you think you need, but they may know 
the person who is the person you need, right? And so, and, and that story is in Second Kings chapter four. And so he, he could have connected her if she said yes, right? She could have had a word with the king and maybe there was something, maybe there's some land dispute or something, and that would have just been done, the end, right? And so the thing I want to point out here is, is twofold. One is that you don't treat people well, <laughs> Because you never know, right? You never know who's right by you. And two, serve people. Serve them. Make a difference. Try to invest in everyone you meet in a way that they can remember. Now, of course, when I say that, I don't mean like go and do everything for everybody because you can't. But be nice to people, be kind, pay a compliment. If you can help them in any way, help them, right? If you can open doors for them, open because you don't know. So let's look at both stories that we we looked at, right? As examples of divine connectors. The first one is Joseph. And what made him remarkable to the cupbearer that two years later, he's presenting him before Pharaoh. It was his service, right? The guy was, I mean, like they were both in prison, Okay. Joseph could have said, my life sucks, your life sucks, get over it. But he still went out of his way to go like, hey, guys, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we have this dream. Okay, tell me, tell me. God God is the one who gives interpretation of dreams. And he served them, right? And he served them. How would he know that two years later, Pharaoh will have a dream that nobody can interpret and that he'll be called on, right? There's no way he could know that. But from there, he became second in command from, to Pharaoh, which means he became the boss of the cupbearer, and he became the boss of Potiphar, who put him in jail. And when his family came over to Egypt, he gifted them a whole city, like a city. Goshen was a city. He gifted them a good city. And it's like, you can be here, right? And so I want you to think about all of that. That all happened because of one divine connector. I mean, of course, there are other things that play, but divine connector, right? Same thing with Elijah. What made him say, what can I do for you? Can I introduce you to the king? Can I introduce you to the commander of the, of the army? It was because the, I mean, he was, Elijah was minding his own business traveling and she would say, Hey, come and eat, you know, come and have, you know, come and eat, come and come and get some rest. And then after they'd done that a few times, she was like, look, let's just build him his own room and all this stuff. And they built him his own place. It was service. It was from a place of service. And then he's like, wait a minute, right? Is that reciprocity? What can I do for you? And so be nice to people, serve people, be curious, because you never know. Like, we don't know how God is going to bless us. We don't know how God is going to create quantum leaps in our lives. We don't know that big vision he showed us how exactly is going to happen. We don't know. But people, people have treasures in them. And God values people. He sent Jesus to die for people. Everything you see him do is for people. He loves people. And as his children, we should love people too. Stay curious stay helpful, and it will be mind-blowing to see what connectors show up and who they connect us with, okay? So that's what I have for you today, divine connectors, and I want you to start releasing your faith. See, once you know, then you can start releasing your faith for it. Start releasing your faith, and that way, when you need somebody in your life to to make, um, make a move in your business and all of that stuff, if you don't know the person, then you know that but that means that I know someone who does, right? So you stay connected, you keep your faith released and all of that stuff. And together, we're going to watch the word of God become a reality for us, okay? All right, so 
Go serve people. Go stay curious. Keep your faith on fire. Believe in God for divine connectors. And I will see you on the next episode of the God in Your Business podcast. You've been listening to the God in Your Business podcast. If anything you've ever heard on this podcast has helped you, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It really helps us get the word out. Thank you so much. And remember, you are not alone in business. You're doing business with God, the smartest being in the universe. See you next week.